2: And welcome to the World in Sport from RNZ Pacific, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week the Ikele Tahi rugby team select six new faces for the Pacific Nations Cup. The one Papua Warriors rugby league team set their sights abroad and Team Wellington clinched the OFC Champions League football title. But first, the interim board of the Papua New Guinea Rugby Football Union has met with World and Oceania Rugby in an effort to revive the sport after years of political and legal battles. In 2016, the PNG Government and Rugby Union fell out over accusations of political interference. Chair of the court-appointed Interim Board of the PNG RFU, Sid Yates, says they're determined to put the troubles of the past behind them.
3: We've had several meetings um, as the new Interim Board, and uh, what we, the key thing that we tried to do was uh, to rebuild our um, relationships with key stakeholders. And the first one of that was obviously World Rugby in Oceania and uh we reached out to them and arranged for a meeting to be held on a plan on what we were trying to do moving forward and to see what their expectations was and what we needed to do to get back on track and uh we had a meeting in sydney and um with both of those parties and uh
1: and that was the result of the media release that we've seen so keeping in mind that there has been a pretty fractitious uh, couple of years between the two parties um now that this interim board has been appointed, and and you are the the uh, the fifth wheel, if you will, the uh, the independent member to to be in between, um, is is there a general acceptance between both sides to work together? Is that is that going to be possible?
3: Really, the the experience that I've had today over the the last uh, couple of months has been very good. It's uh, been excellent. As I said, I think each everyone in Rugby NP and PNG has had enough, and they're very keen on moving forward. And, uh, and that's what we're trying to do and you know, i found that uh, we have a, had a good relationship and uh, all the parties on the board are very committed to uh, getting back to what we should do and what we all are there for and that's for um, players and uh, we're only administrators and uh, we're there to, um, you know, to administrate but we should be there for the, you know, what it's all about really is uh, the players and the
1: game itself so so world rugby is obviously on board uh, and oceania rugby is on board and and both are supportive of um the interim administration and, and what you you've all agreed on a way forward so to speak
3: yes we are we have agreed on a way forward and i think the key thing that we need to do is um you know rebuild our governance structure and i think um world rugby has you may recall over the last 2 years have um have uh, been implementing a new uh, constitution um, throughout the region and we're, we will be doing that and um, we will be, um, we've got a plan to implement a new constitution and Royal Rugby will be ha- helping us at that. It's expected that this will take, uh, it, um, they said it normally takes about 18 months to go through that process, but we have a time frame that uh, we expect that we will be having our first stakeholder meetings in probably late October. Uh, and uh, some workshops to be run by uh, by World Rugby and Oceana with their representatives, uh, their experts on governance. We'll then um, have, as I said, the workshops in part beginning. Then we go back and then um, get that framework established and then we expect that we'll be able to move forward and have an AGM um, in the first quarter of next year. Um, So that gives time for all the clubs, uh, for all the unions to be... um, Affiliate to meet the requirements of the Constitution, um, and so that we can then uh, make sure that we satisfy all the requirements of Oceania and World
1: Rugby. So, so what is the length of the term for the interim board? The interim board will go up to the the next AGM, and uh, you know that will probably
3: be in the first quarter. And then um, once we get the new Constitution done, all the new all the unions will then be uh, have a chance to get uh, affiliated. Uh, we can then call for nominations for our new uh, um, for the new uh, positions under the constitution, and uh, an election will be held, and uh, it'll go forward. What we're trying to do is get a number of things. The first thing is trying to uh, our key priorities are is a, get a plan going forward that we've got a roadmap to work towards uh, to get to that point when we leave and we want to make sure that the the new board will have a, a good sound structure they'll have good relationships with the, the key stakeholders um, including World Rugby and Oceana and all our key sponsors that have helped us before so they can then get on with a framework of managing the game and developing the game and you know we've got a lot of work to do I mean we've gone nowhere for a couple of years. So if we can get those things in place um, for the new uh, board, it'll be fantastic.
1: What is the financial situation? Has World Rugby turned back on the tap yet?
3: Well, look, uh, World Rugby has had the tap turned off and, uh, look, the only real funding that we have available for us right now is... um, uh, provide you know we've got to kick the boxes to get back there, and um you know the funding will not help us get our uh, prepare our teams to go to the World Cup you know any funding that we may be able to get will help us with the administration of game which is, comes under the grants um because we have no employees at the moment we have no money uh but we are working on and we're having uh, since um, the interim board has met again, you know has been established and we are trying to establish those key relationships again. And we need to show that we are working together. We need to show that we, need, we have a plan. We need to show that we're going to put good governance around everything. Um, but unfortunately, we have to do some of this in parallel because we've got the games coming out you know, the World Cup coming up in July, and we're not going to have all those things in place. We are working towards it, and um you know I can see people can see that we've made a change. We are working towards it and and hopefully we'll get all these uh key sponsors and um stakeholders back in place over time
1: is Is this the end of the dispute?
3: Well, it certainly appears that way to me. Look, I'm an independent and i've um I've always watched rugby of interest, and I love the game of rugby and um i it look time will tell. Um, we have to put some runs on the board and, and we have to uh, hopefully um, sit and listen and, 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 and communicate, which is, I think is a big thing that hasn't happened in the past. And if we can communicate and listen and, and show that we're trying to uh, be there for the game of rugby and get it back to a position where we can actually truly compete at an national level... Um, I believe that uh, hopefully we, we will move
2: forward. That's the chair of the interim board of PNG Rugby, Sid Yates. Six new caps have been named in the Ikaletahi rugby team to take part in next month's Pacific Nations Cup. Former Highlanders captain Nasi Manu joins the loose forwards, while Narbonne prop David Feau is one of three new caps in the front row, alongside former Waratahs loose head David Lolohea and ex-Australia under-20s prop Vunipula Fafita. Counties Manukau Wing Sione Fafita and Tasman flyer Viliami Loloher are the new faces in the back line. And coach Totoi Kefu says with the World Cup little over a year away, every match is crucial.
4: You know, I made a point, you know, being out two years out from the um, World Cup that we wanted to start to select our best players. Um, In the past, we've, we've always... Selected like some up-and-coming players and mixed that in with some experienced players. But this time, we've actually wanted to, to pick our best players. Um, some players were unavailable, some players injured, um, and some players uh, still ha- having issues with their release from uh, New Zealand Rugby Union. But um, hopefully, they can join us later in the year. Um, But I think looking at the squad now, we've got a good mixture of some experienced players um, and and, and there's a few younger players. But, you know, when I say younger players, they're players that haven't played for Tonga
2: before. Yeah, so uh, among your six new caps, I guess the highest profile name is probably Nasi Manu. He's the most experienced, uh, especially in the the southern hemisphere part of the world. People will know him from his time with the Highlanders and Canterbury and, you know, you've got quite a few in that loose forward, uh, some some real talent, some experience there. So uh, that just adds to the mix.
4: Yeah, we're, we're really looking forward. I'm really looking forward to Nasi Manu being involved. He he joined us for a week in November last year. We invited him along to camp, just to have a look at things. Um, my idea of him, really good individual, uh, a leader, and obviously he's been around the tracks for a while, so he's very experienced. You know, we'll be able to, to pick his brain on, on a few leadership problems we have, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to him being involved.
2: And up front, three new caps uh, at prop. Uh, prop's one of those positions where there's, you know, be they capped by the Ikalatahi or not, there's a lot of experienced Tongan individuals that are playing at a pretty good level, so there's always been good competition there, but you've got three of your six props for this uh, June series uh, are new faces. Um, wh- why is that? Is it these players have played their way in, or um, have you had some unavail- uh, unavailability? I see Ben is not there.
4: We've had some player unavailability at the last minute, so these guys have kind of always been in our ranking system. Um, and, and we've tried to access these players before and they just haven't been available. But um, Ben Tamafoon he's missed selection. There's also Sila um, Polfisi, who's playing really well. Um, he's missed selection. So it's, it's, a, it's a, a position where we have a lot of depth, a lot of depth. But we're, we're trying to get a, the right balance for our team um, and, and and by no means those players that I mentioned, they you know there's still an opportunity for them to join us in November, uh, which I've already la- relayed to them. There's a young prop there by the name of uh, David Fiao, who's um, who I think could be could be anything. So we're, we're looking forward to seeing him play.
2: Yeah, and his, uh, his dad's already played for Tonga, hasn't he?
4: Yes, he has. I actually played with him. Uh, we had a couple of years crossover at the Reds. Good family um, but this young fella he's hes very explosive one of the most explosive props that I've seen um, when he carries and, and when he runs um, so we're hoping that um, he can bring up, uh, that certainly to, to, to the game
2: And uh, the other two new faces out wide, Sione Fafita and Viliami Lulahea are uh, uh, obviously known for their uh, efforts uh, in the Mitre 10 Cup in New Zealand and They've had some sort of super experience. Talk me through them, and then also uh, Talusavai now, um, what his situation is.
4: Toulouse now he was he was he's missed out due to uh, injury. He's having a uh, a plate removed from his jaw, which has been put off to the end of the season. So uh, unfortunate that we can't get him. But he's um, he's on board for November. He's very disappointed. Uh, but these two young guys have. They've got a be a super experience. Um, Fafid has been involved with the Crusaders for a couple of years. He, his profile is that big, powerful winger who could um, more so run over players than around them. And Lola here, we you know he, he, he had a year with the Sunwolves a couple of years ago. So he's a player that, um, that's that been on the radar for a while. He's he's played at Tasman in the last couple of years. Um, so we're looking forward to him playing as well. I think we've got a good mixture there in, in, in the backs. Um, with, with pace and, and size and power um, and and those two guys from what I hear are really good characters uh, and could definitely add something to our team
2: and uh, so the squads are all coming together this coming weekend, so you you know prior to that first test match uh, on the second, I think it is uh, you 're actually going to get a good amount of time together
4: yeah, this is the first time ever, so this is this has been in the pipeline for a while and and we 've been able to secure. Um, some extra funding to make this happen so um, we're very lucky if we didn't have that funding it would have been just the the usual one week preparation for that Georgian test so to have that extra week is vital so um, we're looking forward to that and and hopefully um, you know, our goal is to have three wins for three games they're very good opposition but having that extra week is bloody crucial for us
2: Fiji have been the the standard bearers in the region for a little while now Uh, how, how close do you think you are to them?
4: I look. I don't think we're that far off them at all. Um, Georgia and Fiji are ranked higher than us, um, but I think whenever we play, it's always been a really close game and can go either way. Um, it could be the bounce of the ball in the end. Um, and 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 with Samoa, you know, they're obviously down the rankings, but when the Pacific Islands, it's very competitive and it's always a close game. Um, it could have gone either way last year with our. Walk Cup qualifier against Samoa, we're fortunate that we won in the end. So we're looking forward They're three hard games and, and I think um, they're definitely games that we could win um, and, and that's how we're going to approach it. But, you know, we've got a lot of hard work to do next week and, and, and a lot of the information's been sent out already in, in the last month or so, getting in preparation for that week next week. So we're ready to hit the ground running.
2: Tonga rugby coach Totoi Kefu. The one Papua Warriors want to take their message to the world at the London Rugby League Nines in July. Formerly known as the West Papua Warriors, the team was formed to raise awareness about the ongoing human rights abuses in the Indonesian province. Team captain Talakami says after playing at events in Papua New Guinea and Australia, they're ready to go global.
5: So the last time we played was in January uh, last year at Cabramatta. Um and it's been, yeah, it's been over a year now so... Uh, we've just been looking for sort of tournaments where we can play and sort of raise the profile as much as we can, um internationally so uh London was obviously a, 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 an opportunity to get to a place we've never been before and um raise some awareness there.
2: Yes, I think you know you've played a couple of tournaments in Australia of note but uh you know London is uh, the other side of the world it's uh certainly a, a big step up globally and and obviously it costs a lot more money to get there so um uh, that, that London Sevens, what do you know about the tournament?
5: It's been running for about two to three years. Um, it uh, attracts a few uh, teams from the UK itself and a few international teams as well. Um, and uh, it's, it's in London, which is pretty much the main reason we wanted to go was because uh, there's a large Papua New Guinea community in England, in London, and also a very strong West Papuan community in England, including Benny Wenda, who is the... The face of the West Papua uh, Freedom Campaign, so he's uh, he's well aware of the of our, our, us coming, and he him and his family are very excited as well. So that was, you know, when we found out about the tournament, we just saw it as an opportunity to sort of connect a few different people together.
2: So when you first contacted the organisers, once you found out, um, obviously you're a rugby league team, but as you say, part of your reason for existence is to promote the cause of West Papua. Uh, they're obviously fine with the political element to your to your team. That wasn't an issue for them.
5: Yeah, I think when we first contacted them, they just sort so didn't really know the story. They um, just thought of us as another rugby league team, which was fine. And um, as they've done their research a bit more, they actually really embraced it, and they've been using um, our team and our message as one of the sort of flagship advertising points of, of this current tournament. So yeah, so no, no problems whatsoever. It's been a, they've been very welcoming.
2: Well if you're being used for promotions then you better make sure you get over there I guess you better get some get that fundraising going.
5: Yeah exactly exactly well yeah, definitely I'll uh, get over there we'll um sort of master formula of carrying a a small amount of players and then sort of linking up with players wherever we go so it will be the same in this case we'll only take maybe 3 uh maybe 3 to 5 players from Papua New Guinea and then there's a few or well, a lot of boys in England uh are keen to join up and you know so we must mastered the message of
2: low budget travelling so I guess that would be uh, another step for the team Uh, you know you've got your PNG based players you've had one or two from West Papua or originally from West Papua in previous tournaments but as you say it costs a lot of money to get to London but um, if you have players from over there that sort of expands you're you're playing catchment as well.
5: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a, a good contingent of Papua New Guineans playing the different leagues in in England, Super League all the way down to Division One, Division Two, and um, we've all been. I mean, we're good friends with most of them, so they're they're all their hands up, they're ready to play, and and then, I mean, especially non you know non West Papua, non Papua New Guineans, they're all happy to play for us as well. So getting getting players in England shouldn't be a problem.
2: This year, you have changed your name from West Papua Warriors to one Papua Warriors. Um. Talk talk me through the reasons behind that.
5: Yes, basically, I mean, the team is is based in Papua New Guinea. It's based in Port Moseville. The majority of the players are Papua New Guineans. And the reason we started the team in the first place was to raise awareness amongst Papua New Guineans about what was happening in in West Papua. So it just made sense that um, we wanted to a a name that reflected the fact that uh, we saw ourselves as the same people in the same country and the same culture as the West Papuan, so the name One Papua just seems to embrace that um, ideology more than just West Papua. So uh, we still represent the same things. we're still, we're still fighting for you know, awareness for a free West Papua, but now we're doing it from a more unified standpoint for the whole of um, PNG and West Papua, That's, that, so that was the reasoning behind the name change.
2: Is there a figure you need to reach to make it viable, or will you find a way no matter what?
5: Uh, we'll find a way no matter what. The boys, I mean, the boys are well aware that you know we're all going to have to you know fund ourselves as much as we can. So we've been saving up um, for the last few months, and whatever money we can raise um, to other methods it will just be uh, go towards cutting down the cost. But we'll definitely, we'll definitely manage to get there somehow.
2: That's the one Papua Warriors captain Talakami. Team Wellington have clinched their maiden OFC Champions League football title with a 10-3 aggregate victory over La Laotoka FC. The visitors won the return leg 4-3 at Churchill Park on Sunday, capping off a dominant grand final performance, having romped to a 6-0 first leg victory the week before. Angus Kilcolly scored a late match winner on the day, making for a very happy head coach, Jose Figuera. Delighted. Um, yeah, look, just uh, obviously absorbing everything and, you know, uh, a season of tremendous hard work and, you know, to, to finally clinch, you know, the big one is, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant feeling. Team Wellington now advanced to represent Oceania in the FIFA Club World Cup in December. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening.